1: perfectionism can really be heightened. I I say that it it brings perfectionists to a breaking point almost. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life
0: podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Okay, today on the Less Stressed Life, we have... Such a timely topic, which is really coming into the holidays with such a less stressed approach. And we're going to get some practical tips from my very dear friend, Dr. Lee Wagner, who is an integrative and functional medicine dietitian. I am so fortunate to get to know her. We both contracted for um, in a in, for a similar role a couple years ago, and we became we got to know each other then. And really, I we got to travel to a hormone conference this last year, and I did just really love and adore her. And she... Um it has done really great things. So she's been in practice for around 10 years. And uh, she has also been a professor at University of Kansas Med Center. I hope I'm going to get that right. She's been a professor um, for KU Med Center and was uh, practiced as a practicing integrative functional medicine dietitian at KU Med Center. Now she's about two years in a private practice. She has her PhD in medical nutrition sciences. And she works with health conscious people who still can't get to the bottom of their health issues, which are typically gut related mood problems, hormone imbalances and autoimmune conditions, um, which, which I love, and she's also a certified positive psychology coach, and we'll find out what that is. Welcome, Lee.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I have to clarify things that I am an adjunct faculty member for uh, KU Med Center, so I'm not a professor, although that would be nice and fancy, but I'm not. I do that as I teach a couple classes for the university.
0: You're very humble. Uh, and she's always very accurate as well, so
1: <laughs> so that comes with being uh being in a, school too long, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, everything's gotta be just exactly perfect we appreciate it. it's very good here, so lots of health professionals listening. And I'm sure they're nodding and getting a chuckle so uh, so we are talking about something that you used to do, but before we uh, which is a holiday preboot, but before we get into that, um tell me about what a positive psychology coach is and why. Are you a certified positive psychology coach, and why is it important for your practice? So,
1: it what essentially what it is is it's coaching. So it's not I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. Um, m- maybe some of you are familiar with coaching. It's a specific type of coaching that embraces positive psychology, which is a branch of psychology that focuses. Essentially, on well being and flourishing. So, it's coaching matched with the science and evidence uh, behind positive psychology. And it's really just helping people flourish. So, um, I think this is also an aspect, and we could talk about this another time, of functional medicine, integrative and functional medicine that we could really improve on in focusing on what is good and what makes us thrive. Um, Even in healthcare, we're so focused on the negative and what's wrong with a person and how to fix that rather than what is already good and how to capitalize on that. So that's essentially what, as a positive psychology coach, I do. I will say that most of my work, 95% of my work is as an integrative and functional medicine um, practitioner, um, as a dietitian, and I just weave my positive psychology coaching into my work. I
0: love it. I love, I, I, when you said it, we could talk about this later, I'm like, no, we could talk about it now. It's related. <laughs> it's related to this right now. Why don't you give us an example of the things? Cause I know what you're talking about, but. Can you give us a more clear example, or can you think of one off the top of your head where um, you've had to use positive psychology because of some negative self-beliefs or or where you see that, like, maybe this person has been told everything that's wrong, but really you're focusing on these, these positive things. So why don't you just hammer that home a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you, I'm sure, have countless examples of clients who um, come – to appointments, and they're always, they always have something to um, complain about, something bad that's happening, they're in pain, and honestly, no wonder, because they've been sick for so long, they've been told by countless doctors that, quote, everything's fine, and they know that nothing is okay, you know, that something's wrong. Um, So the evidence suggests that it doesn't really benefit us to, um, I don't want to say complain, but to focus on the negative that actually we get more long-term benefit and quote happiness um, contentness flourishing um, out of visualizing what is possible now and acting on acting on what you can control now and looking into the future so um, recently I had a client who has really severe gut uh, pain um, kind of in between probably has some, you know, SIBO, and just constant bloating, constant pain, and um, there just still felt like there was something more um, going on, and so I kind of switched off my nutrition mode, because he generally was eating well, you know, we had dialed in supplements as well as I felt like we could. I still don't think we're totally to the bottom of the physical problems, but outside of what, what we knew at that moment, um, he just had a lot of conflict with feeling like he was fulfilling his life purpose. And so I, in, in the middle of the appointment, I switched out of nutritionist mode and really just switched into coaching. And essentially what coaching is, it's just asking good, asking questions that pull out meaningful information from the client to essentially get where they want to be, you know? So he was feeling conflicted. He acknowledged that he didn't feel like, Course, you know, he's in graduate school and working in a job that was definitely very negative. Well, then he started talking about this volunteering that he was doing, and he just lit up like it was this slight but noticeable shift in his demeanor and in his voice. I mean, he was just over the phone, and I said, You know, of all the conversations we've had, the one time I've ever heard you sound vibrant is talking about this volunteering that you did with these teenagers so just trying to like explore that and try to figure out what he can do now when he still is in the murkiness of not really knowing physically what's going on with him so that's one recent example but I could tell lots of Different examples.
0: I enjoyed that. And I don't think it's in our natural DNA to be a coach, but I can think of, or I hope if the listener stops and thinks, can you think of a great coach in your life? A coach that I had all of last year did such a good job at asking the right questions to make you think and create your own answer. That is a great coach. And that can be hard sometimes when people just want the answer. And I'm like, here, here is your answer. But let me stop. I actually have an example from this week. Someone was, um, Messaging me asking for uh, macronutrient targets because I wanted her to get proteins, fats, and carbs at every meal. And we had previously talked about the need to get away from rules and kind of having like some disordered tendencies, not significantly, but to where she was like kind of a rule follower and looking for a rule to follow. And my question is immediately are we looking for a like, are we looking for a rule to follow here? Or is it something like trying to help this person answer their own question? So we go toward the outcomes we're looking for versus not. Like, if that's what we actually need, that's that's great. But if it's not what we need, let's figure that out now or decide what works now versus mm-hmm. later, et cetera. So anyway.
1: And that's what's tricky, I think, sometimes about what we do in our nutrition practice, because we're essentially consultants telling people mm-hmm. what our assessment is what, and telling people, suggesting what they should do versus turning on the hat of having tr- true curiosity with the client to help them get at their answer. So you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun change. I like the shift in it because I think sometimes it can get, um, I don't want to say monotonous, but it's just like a fun way to really empower your clients I guess
0: right and that's where the magic happens because at the end of the day I actually got a very nice compliment email the other day but it was basically this person said I love that you want actually I think it was her example at one point um I love that you want to teach me to fish and not just give me the fish (laughs) um so Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to answer I want you to be able to solve that problem on your own so you don't feel reliant on someone that's always kind of the goal so
1: yes exactly
0: so, let's talk about holiday preboot. It is now not quite mid-December and in the past you've been doing this holiday preboot, which is like not a term I've heard elsewhere. <laughs> and so what's that about? Where did this idea come from?
1: Um well, probably I think a few years ago when I first did the first one, I think it was maybe 2015 or 2016. And I was thinking of what I could do that could help people through the holidays, but I felt like there's such a saturated um, wealth of information and just so much information um, that we're getting blasted with around like holiday cleanses and like post holiday recovery. And I'm like, I want to do something that's pre-holiday um, so that they that people can feel empowered through the holidays rather than ha- feeling like they're totally spent and, you know, cooked and they just can't, they're dragging through their, you know, through their January because they just weren't, um, I don't want to say weren't on top of the holidays, but uh, maybe just some mental support really essentially it's to empower people. I found it as an empowerment and because I was sick of all of the holiday post-holiday detoxes and I didn't want to be a part of that. So I thought um, what better way to just empower people by doing this significantly ahead of the holidays. And I, um, the two times that I've done it, I did it starting the day after Halloween, after kind of, we start into the holiday or Halloween candy. And then it went up until the, uh, until Thanksgiving day.
0: Oh, cool. So really getting people prepared and empowered even before they're sort of in this downward slide as we are at this moment, but that's okay. Right.
1: Exactly. And I, Because we know that visualization is helpful in achieving goals, like if we actually um, visualize it, we're more likely to do it. So essentially, the pre-boot was a series of emails that forced people who read the emails. So I'm not assuming that everyone read all the emails, and I know that that's not true, but that they sit down and actually visualize what they, the individual, not anyone else, see as a good holiday season. And that can mean something totally different for me than it would for you. Um, but it's actually writing that down and encouraging the reader to take responsibility for that. And also just to remind people that a few days of the holiday do not d- determine your health and just not to stress about it. Cause I'm sure, as you know, with clients there, they can sometimes freak out about, okay, you know, I've been really quote on track or on the wagon and, everything's just gonna go to hell once I once the holidays come and just reminding them that this is a blip um, and giving them the tools to kind of have a different mindset going into the holidays and because I thought it'd be fun. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which I love, you know, like let's make fun as part of this for sure. So mechanically, a holiday pre-boot was really a set of tips that you sent out every day, but today you're gonna share some of the top three to five that are good tenets for a good holiday preboot. So take it away.
1: So the first thing that I tell I told um, the readers was that, and I've already said this, is that you really have the power to make the holidays great. Because again, what is good for what is a great holiday for me is different than what's a great holiday for a mom of five kids who has you know you know multiple you know in laws or maybe they're um, they're handling a health issue on their own. So um, asking people what starting off the whole program with what is a great holiday for you? Does that mean that you're going to make gourmet meals out of, um, you know, America's test kitchen? Or does it mean that you get boxed and frozen, whatever, and heated up and that's good enough? And honestly, both are great. Um, does it mean that you're going to have pleasant, peaceful, uh, holiday conversation or that you're just going to literally avoid a blow up fight at the table? Cause that is success, you know, depending on your situation, one or, and, or both of those things can be successes. Do you really have to give everyone, um, a gift or could you all agree to, to donate to something? Um, so all of the different ways that we can define what a great holiday is for them, um, do you want to take this holiday to be more active or do you want to actually, if you are a consistent exerciser or you do tend to be super active in your day-to-day life, could this be a time where you actually schedule rest for yourself or um, maybe planned outings for the family or do you want to just spend time at home? It's, again, it's just all the different ways that we can start thinking about ahead of time, what do the holidays, what does holiday success really mean? Um, and sometimes that's just surviving it, and getting through it, and then just moving on, because the holidays aren't just stressful, I don't even, it's like, why do I even have to say this, but it's not just stressful because of the gift-giving, and the food, but because um, families have issues, and there's always kind of a dynamic that is challenging um, when we're back with people that maybe we don't see all the time, or we do see them all the time, and It's just like a heightened uh, sense of stress because of the season. So um, it's really just to empower people first to um, make the holidays great in whatever way that that looks like for them.
0: My middle school daughter is actually, I'm sorry, she's high school now. I'm just trying to keep her in middle school. Uh, She (laughs) is reading a book for class called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful Teenagers. Uh, yeah. uh, a side line off of the one for adults by Stephen Covey. And she was writing a little report on one of the habits. And I don't remember if this was her habit or a different one, but I appreciated this. And it was start with the end in mind. And that's essentially what you said was visualization or define your perfect version or start with the end in mind first. So what's Absolutely.
1: Next? The next principle is that you have unconditional. So this is more focused on food. So I think when some people signed up, they probably thought it was gonna be about counting macros and trying to resist the, you know, the second piece of pie or whatever it is. But really the second one is to give yourself un- unconditional permission to eat whatever you want. And for some people that sounds a little bit scary because they feel out of control with food. Um, It was a way for me to introduce some principles of intuitive eating, which is an evidence-based approach to eating um, that helps people have a healthier relationship with food. So giving yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever whatever you want doesn't just mean having the second or third piece of pie. It does include that, but it also can include like having a salad or choosing to refrain from a second or third piece of pie, or if you really don't like the mashed potatoes, which I always get crap for this, but I'm not like a huge mashed potato fan. Mm-hmm. So like, I would much rather have a second help- helping of stuffing. So that the introduction to principles of intuitive eating, um, giving ourselves permission, challenging the food police making peace with food, um, there are 10 principles, but and I didn't go through all of them. But that was the second kind of I think, most important aspect of the pre-boot that I kind of weaved through the series.
0: Okay, great. Um, And just to, I was looking for the episode where we talked about the 10 principles of intuitive eating. If I find it, I'll let you know. But essentially, um, intuitive eating gets misinterpreted as stop when you're full, and there's a lot more to it. And it's really good. Some people really, um, I mean, it's good for everyone, but some people really need to lean into it a little bit more. So Uh, First was visualization, start with the end of mind to find your perfect version. Two is love, food, and yourself is uh, my interpretation.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think that's – and that is another – the last principle of intuitive eating is to honor your health, and I think we, especially in – Um, The social media world when you have people kind of sharing little sound bites of intuitive eating or tagging things with intuitive eating and you think just eating the donut because it tastes good is intuitive eating because that's what sounds good to your body right then. But part of intuitive eating is actually honoring your health and making food choices purely based on the fact that you know that that feels good for your body. So that was another piece of um, giving yourself unconditional permission to eat is also um, and this, this goes with the last principle that I'm going to share, but also just getting in tune with how certain foods make you feel and choosing how to eat based on that. So mm-hmm. if you know that certain things make you feel bloated or um, make you feel tired and like you have to go take a nap, maybe you want to avoid them or maybe you want to eat them. It It's just getting to know your body really. Right. I like that. All right. What's next? So the next one is kind of a tongue in cheek one, but I think it, is important to remember that um, unfortunately or fortunately we can't control what other people do or say or how they act so that one is more a nod to the fact that family can be challenging um, and not to say that we are the the angel angel winged family member that um, isn't part of the whatever challenging dynamic there is but that we have to remember that our locus of control is with ourselves and that when there are situations where people act a certain way or say a certain thing that is off-putting um, or, you know, mean or hurtful, that the only thing that you have control of is your response to it. Um, so the other piece of that is that the holiday um, tends to be a time where perfectionism can really be heightened. I, I say that it, it brings perfectionists to a breaking point almost because to what degree are we decorating? And is the food perfect? And how many courses to the meal? And, you know, the holiday outfits and the holiday card. So um, I, in one of my emails, maybe even two, I referenced um, Brene Brown, who we all know and love, but um, that she talked about the antidote to perfection is being, um, is encouraging and modeling healthy, striving, empathy, and self-compassion. And all, all these emails were were literally, they took maybe one to two minutes to read. Occasionally, I had people do an activity, but just giving people those light bulb moments of that awareness of, okay, am I doing this because I'm performing for someone else? Am I doing this extra bow on the tree because I want someone else to be impressed, or does that truly bring me joy? And If that extra work does truly bring you joy, great, do it, um, but, but that was one um, piece of that Um, of the pre-boot the perfectionism that I think we can all get wrapped up in and can identify with and I will say as a dietitian and knowing the dietitian um, the classic dietitian personality it's kind of a a group of people who tend to be perfectionists so I would guess that there are going to be some people smiling and nodding about um, that another one that people responded to was another uh, was one of Brene Brown's quotes of perfection. Anytime there's perfectionism, shame is riding shotgun. And that when I heard that from her, I can't even remember which book, and maybe she has it in multiple books of hers, my jaw just dropped. I was like, whoa. So where is perfectionism coming from? And it's really external, the pressure we have on really what other people will think of us. Cool. And going along the lines of, you know, what can we control and what we can't control? Um, the fourth principle is rolling with resistance. And this is actually comes out of motivational interviewing, which a lot of us learn, which is essentially a a practice of how to motivate and um, elicit behavior change in people. But one of the principles of motivational interviewing that I took and used as part of the pre-boot is the rolling with resistance, that um, the more that we try to resist something the more likely it is to not change in our favor and that we kind of have to accept the fact that going back to principle three, that we can't control what other people say, do, or how they act, that we're probably going to have to deal with some both internal resistance within ourselves and external resistance. So the family stuff is all the external stuff. The internal stuff is how we're dealing with it. And the internal stuff could also be, resistance to you know what holiday food is there and feeling conflicted about that and realizing that you know you're going to have to make some food you're going to have to make hundreds of food decisions during the holiday season whether it's at a party or you're hosting people or you have multiple family gatherings you're constantly having to decide what you want to eat and just rolling with the fact that that can be stressful, even if it's one micro stress of all the macro stress of the holiday season, but just trying to roll with it. Um, I remember when I learned about motivational interviewing, they give the um, example of how they quote, break a horse and how the more that the trainer tried to like pull and um, put pressure on the horse and resist and kind of push, the more the horse resisted itself versus when the trainer was gentle and let the horse go away from the trainer. And then the horse would get curious and kind of come back when the trainer would walk away. And it was this really beautiful kind of dance between that resistance, but also that um, rolling with it and letting the horse or in our case, ourselves or our clients um, rolling with their resistance. And there is um, infinite resistance that comes with the holidays. It feels like we could compare breaking horses to raising children yes and since I'm not a mom I'm a dog mom but not a, a mom of humans um, yeah absolutely
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you were talking
0: about the bow on the tree creating joy and I was like imagining Marie Kondo saying uh, which, by the <laughs> way, she's like the minimalist person, like tidy the ma- life cleaning yeah. magic of tidying up. Um, for anyone who doesn't know it, they I didn't read the book, but did watch a few. Did binge watch a few episodes on Netflix and proceeded to uh, go Marie Kondo my closet. So if you like hold something is like does this bring me joy? <laughs> if not, yeah. put it away. So like imagining that stuff um, a little bit. Uh, I also really liked the uh, shame writing shotgun related to perfectionism. So I have down for. Three- three and four. Well, I'm going to start at the top. Number one, visualization. Define your perfect version. Number two, love food and what it means and yourself. And and I'm just like paraphrasing. I love that you like gave an explanation. I'm just writing down my own interpretation. Three is you're responsible for your response. You're not responsible mm-hmm. for what someone else can tell you, but you're responsible for your response. And four was, accept there will be hard things and roll with it. Roll with that resistance. Yes. And you have one more, I think.
1: The last one is maybe just a more obvious one that we, that knowledge preparation and resources are really powerful tools. And throughout the preboot, I gave a ton of resources, whether it was to um, research on a topic I was talking about, or if it was um, linked literally to some of my favorite recipes and recipe websites um i actually asked them on certain days to sit down and write down their list of the people that they're obligated to exchange gifts with and not obligated in a negative way but that you knew you're going to going to exchange gifts with and just free write quickly write you know a few ideas that come to mind so that's just preparation and that empowers you to win And i you know feel bad that we're already past black friday and we're already past kind of the craziness of the holiday deals but um to then prepare to already know what you're looking for um knowing how certain foods make you feel can empower you to make better food decisions for yourselves Um, another thing i had people prepare to do was they went into their phones and i would encourage um, listeners to go into your phone and on the days that like the holidays that you are going to be with family and kind of out of your typical routine schedule movement and put it in your phone set a reminder have your phone ping you a couple times to encourage you to get get it done and whether that's something you can do around the house if you can just take a walk if you can go to a gym whatever feels good to you but I had people schedule that ahead so that it was a no-brainer once the holidays came around.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, I find that using these pieces, knowledge, preparation, resources, these are tools. And when you have tools, you feel empowered. And I feel like at this time of year is a time where we're discussing this a lot in client one-on-ones it's like how do I handle x or what is Mm -hmm. the answer to this well that does go back to coaching like well here here and here are some options right and which one is the best fit for you Um, and so it's really like kind of creating that game plan together or creating it by yourself however it feels right to you
1: right exactly
0: yep cool Well, I enjoyed this. uh, I enjoyed this holiday preboot no matter where it is. I think that this is useful no matter what time of year it is, regardless, because even though the holidays are once a year, there are other seasons people have in life where you could apply these same concepts. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today, Lee. If you could leave people with a gut reaction of um, what can help make someone's life better today, what would that be?
1: Hmm. Sorry, throw you on the spot. Oh man. Well, I really think these five principles are ones that I would imagine at least one thing will resonate with you, but if we're you know kind of taking the the perspective of positive psychology, really know your values and your strengths and keep stick to that because once you when you know what you value, that can allow you to create. Strong boundaries with people, which I think can help people um, live a more, a less stressed life, essentially. But knowing your strengths and capitalizing on those rather than trying to, and we all have a nature, our nature is to do this, to think about the things that we're not as good at. But think about the things and even honestly write down the things that you are good at and what you're grateful about yourself for and take that into the holidays and really take that into life. But um, that will. That will help you um, bring more peace and truly happiness. I know that sounds so cheesy, but um, it allows you to flourish rather than just to get by.
0: I love that. And I think when I talk to you, you are like this peaceful, like good person, like even killed person. That's like so rational. And you're like a breath of fresh air sometimes when it feels like we get those messages that don't even feel good to us sometimes. Right. Like, I know, you know what I mean?
1: I have a theory on why that is. I think I'm a fast COMT, so like I just don't have the buildup of the stress hormones, so like I actually could benefit from a little bit slower. She is
0: talking about <laughs> having a genetic uh, SNP that encodes an enzyme so she can clear stress faster. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I,
1: well, sometimes I would benefit from being a little bit slower so I could focus and, and uh, get more done, which I would yeah. benefit. I hope you don't hear my dog barking.
0: No, it's totally good. We like dogs. And speaking of animals, uh, the podcast family doesn't know this. And so I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about this. Um, Lee is a big fan of my Instagram stories, What Will the Chickens Eat?, which is in sixth <laughs> episode, sixth 10-second episode this morning. And I don't know if you saw it. I feel like you didn't because you didn't reply yet. I did. They are uh, enjoying some tamales. I'm watching them right now. I hope they're eating their elderberries because I really want their immune systems to be you know, spot on this winter. I'm just totally joking, but I like to see what I can clean, what I can take out, and what they will eat and what they will not eat. So, if anyone wants to, I love, to... That, the, <laughs> I love
1: that the beaks were or the birds were wiping their beaks.
0: Yeah, it was, was really so funny. funny. I wish I'd have gotten some video of that. They're like scraping their beaks against the uh, ground. They're like, oh, these tamales are messy on my beak. <laughs> so funny. So anyway, they are. Uh, they are the. You will, People will not have access to this episode yet, but in January, we're talking about stress hormones with Dr. Kerry Jones uh, of Dutch Test, and we talk about oxytocin release. <laughs> and for me, visiting the chickens is a good oxytocin, uh, happy hormone release. So anyway, uh, so Dr. Lee,
1: thank you for coming on today. Where can people find you online? You can find me either at my website, uh, drleewagner.com or on Instagram at wagner.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to our next episode together. Thanks, Krista. Today's episode of the Less Stressed Life podcast is powered by Zin. Yes, Zin. It's a refreshing turmeric-infused beverage, a little like a sports drink, with a shot of anti-inflammatory power that comes in four delicious flavors. Turmeric is one of the most anti-inflammatory and widest studied herbs in the world, and its absorption is massively increased when combined with a compound from black pepper, Zinn has figured out how to get this black pepper compound in its delicious drink without compromising flavor. You can get 25% off a case of Zinn and just $5 shipping at DrinkZinn. That's drinkzyn.com.